Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with Leanne Cannon. It's another great day for wellness, and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Welcome back to the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom and Pax. I am super excited about today's show. Um, I have a very, very, very special guest with me today. In fact, um, this guest uh, has been somebody that's been in part of my life uh, really for many, many years now, and she has been integral in, in helping me uh, both personally and professionally, just maximize my game and improve uh, the type of person I am and just uh, allowed me to accelerate on, on all aspects of my life. And so I'm super excited to introduce you to her and the topic that we're going to be talking about today, um, which is also one of these topics that I think most people have heard of. Certainly most people have maybe even tried, but for whatever reason, maybe just haven't found the, the why or the practice uh, specifics on how to get it in, integrated into their own life, uh, in, including myself. Uh, and that's something I'm, I'm continuing to work on as well. But, uh, but without further ado, I want to kind of bring in our special guest and get the show going. And my special guest today is a wonderful lady named Leanne Cannon. Welcome to the podcast, Leanne. Oh, thank you so much, Tunis, for being here. I'm truly excited to be here with you today. Well, th- yes, and 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 well, I, I mentioned just a minute ago uh, to the to the listeners that you and I have uh, somewhat of a past together, and and we uh, met uh, many years ago when you Indeed. lived in the Charlotte region at, at some networking things, and then you had since moved to Ohio area where. We continue to have some conversations, uh, really, on a weekly basis on, on, on my own personal growth and development. But uh, give us a little bit of uh, history about who you are and, and the type of work that you do. Sure, I, I'd be happy to. And you make me smile when you think about how we met uh, all those years ago. I was doing um, uh, 
bi-monthly um, trainings at a, facility, uh, a place there in Charlotte. And it was a Charlotte Coaching and Connecting is what I called that. that. And you would uh, come there from time to time. And my business is actually Canon Coaching and Connecting. I rebranded when I came to Ohio. <laughs> and um, that is what I do is uh, I'm an author, motivational speaker, business and life coach, mindset mentor, and meditation facilitator. And I work with entrepreneurs, uh, small business owners, to help them crystallize their vision, uh, uncover obstacles to getting where they want to go so that we can explore solutions and then map out a strategy to get there. Well, that is a perfect elevator pitch if I've ever heard one. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. And, and, ac and extremely accurate. And, and uh, you do all those things and you do all those things uh, amazingly. And uh, I'm really grateful that I found you those many years ago and, and have had the opportunity to work with you personally. Now, I, I brought you on today and, and listeners, I brought Leanne on today for one specific topic, and, and that is the topic of meditation and um, really kind of what the importance of meditation is, uh, not just from a philosophical standpoint, but really from a medical and health standpoint, why it's important that we consider utilizing it in our lifestyle. And then um, as well as bringing her on as an expert in helping others maybe find that solution for them. And so I asked her to come on to kind of share some of her best practices and what she does with clients to help them maybe find what it is that they need to do to implement it in their lives. But uh, so why don't we start first, Leanne, what got you interested in meditation and why is this part of who you are and what you teach? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question, Tunis. And I'm just delighted that we get to talk about this today because I feel like it's such an important topic um, and it makes such a difference for a person's health and well-being. Um, and it, honestly, I was apprehensive about uh, meditation uh, going in because uh, growing up, the only kind of meditation I was ever familiar with was meditating on the scriptures. That's how I grew up. And that's what, that's what that meant to me, ponder over these things, the Bible says. And so I was even uh, nervous about exploring any other kind of meditation because I thought it might lead me to some other spiritual aspect that I, I didn't want to be in. Little did I realize at that time, and I'm so grateful to have learned now, that there are so many different types and styles of meditation. And what I primarily focus on with my clients, it is truly a wellness practice. It makes such a difference for one's health and well-being in a very real, uh, not only emotional, but physical way. Yeah. Uh, and, and I love uh, that, that background story because I think you brought up a very important point and, and maybe the elephant in the room for a lot of people is, you know, certainly if you are maybe grown up in a, a religion or in my case, and it sounds like your case, Christianity, and you think about Bible and you think about right. meditation and you think about prayer. Uh, there's, there's a lot of um, confusion that uh, a meditative state or using meditation 
is something completely different or anti-biblical and, and, and what you've, it sounds like you've discovered and, and I have too, that it's not really that at all. In fact, it's, it's kind of one in the same and it's all about your intention and what you're doing with it and how you present it and that it can actually be very coercive with, or cohesive rather with, um, you know, what you're already doing in your own spiritual journey. Um, so I, I'm glad you brought that's that so up. Well I, said, Tunis, that's so well said, so on point. So well said, exactly that. Yes. Yeah, because I, I think that is a hesitation and, and certainly was one of mine. And, and you and I have had the opportunity to speak uh, about my own journey and some of the things that I've had to implement over the years and, and, and some of the thoughts that I had around in introducing some of these practices and, and having to kind of work through that on my own. And, and I've really found that um, it, it as well has been something that uh, really just enhanced my spiritual journey and enhanced my relationship uh, with my creator. And, and I really find that, that to be a valuable thing. So you got interested in it. Obviously, you've been practicing it. Um, now, let's kind of uh, kind of turn the, the, the gear or, or turn direction on some of the important benefits of meditation. And I know a lot of people listening to this understand that, you know, meditation might be helpful for um, relaxation, for de-stressing, uh, for mindfulness or self-discovery. And there's lots of different things out that lowering blood pressure, for instance, there's lots of different things out there. Um, but I want to kind of really go down that rabbit hole of the physiological effects that meditation improves in the context of stress, because I think stress is this epidemic that we have in our society. Certainly all of us can relate to the amount of stress in our society, especially after these last couple of years and the news cycles and the media and all those things around it. So kind of dive in a little bit, if you will, um, you know, what, uh, A, how stress affects the body and, and how meditation kind of mitigates some of that. Yes, I really would love to share that with you because it is a little known, uh, honestly. Um, when we think about stress, in fact, when you talk to people about stress, uh, a lot of people feel like stress is really no big deal because, I mean, after all, we're all stressed. Of course I'm stressed. You know, you're stressed, I'm stressed, we're all stressed. And so it's just kind of like life. It's, we're just living in stress. Uh, as if it's natural and as if it's no big deal. It's a big deal. And it wreaks havoc on the body all by itself. And people say, well, yes, stress does increase your tension and anxiety. Uh, worry causes stress. Yes, I understand that. But how many people realize that stress kills brain cells? Mm. Uh, and you don't feel it happening. You're not thinking, oop, there goes another one. <laughs> you know, you don't feel it happening, but it's happening. Not only does stress kill brain cells, it actually shrinks the brain physically. It shrinks the brain. And so think about it. When, when is it that many people are trying to make a decision? Should I do this or should I do that? Or just make a decision in their business or a decision in, within the family. A lot of times people are trying to make a decision under stress, under duress. Meanwhile, they're killing brain cells. This is not a good time, okay, to try to make a decision. Uh, and you might, and people just might not even realize that fat 
um, stress actually adds fat to the body. And one of the reasons, of course, is that people recognize that stress raises our cortisol levels, but there are like 12 different things, even just that I know of, that raise cortisol does to the body that's detrimental. Uh, as it relates to fat, uh, it lowers our metabolism and increases our hunger. Well, that's a recipe for gaining weight right there. And it all started because somebody was just stressed out and that was happening in their body. Their, their cortisol levels were increasing. Um, the, the list is long. I mean, just to, to rip through some of those things that stress itself causes. And then I want to get back to how uh, meditation can uh, mitigate those um, uh, effects. It also, stress also speeds up the aging process in a very real and physical way. Uh, it actually unravels our, our chromosomes. It increases blood pressure, as you mentioned. Um, it damages our organs. It actually also um, weakens our immune system and can be responsible for causing death. You know, when you Google what percentage of uh, doctor visits are stress-related, uh, people might find out, be, be surprised to find out that 75 to 90%, and you could probably attest to this too, um, also, is that 75 to 90% of all doctor's visits are stress-related ailments and complaints. And they might not connect the dots, but in your practice, you probably see this too, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Stress is one of the main uh, culprits for inflammation and tight muscles and, and strain and stress. And uh, we see it all day long. Oh, I'm, I'm so sure that you do. And even, even things that people wouldn't relate to stress like um, arthritis, uh, skin uh, issues, um, the list is, is long. In fact, um, there's an award-winning uh, neurobiologist uh, named Robert Sapolsky who said, stress is not merely a state of mind. It's measurable and dangerous and humans can't seem to find their off switch. And that's true because we stress all day. <laughs> you could say stress all day, every day. In some instances, that's very, very true. And Dr. Mercola said, constantly being in a stress response may have you marinating in corrosive hormones around the clock. Who wants that? So the question becomes, okay, nice. <laughs> now that I know I am stressed, okay, because I'm, you know, going to work every day, I'm raising kids, I've got bills, and, you know, um, who knows what a person's experience has been throughout COVID at this point in time. So, you know, what do, what do we do about it? And really that is where meditation comes in. And uh, I'll, I'll just say this uh, just succinctly and then we can get into it. But it, it turns out that um, meditation is like the perfect antidote to stress. When you look at it, everything that stress does to the body, meditation does the opposite. For example, I mentioned uh, at the beginning that stress does kill brain cells and um, actually shrinks the size of your brain. Well, 
through neuroplasticity, meditation actually thickens the cortical walls. It improves memory. It strengthens intellect. And it actually grows the brain, meditation. The brain becomes more dense uh, and is more dense for meditators than people who do not meditate. Um, also, yeah, so, I, mean, I, I just want to um, jump yeah, please, in here go ahead, because I'll I, just rip on. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and so far, so good. I've, I've really enjoyed um, what you've said and you've really kind of hit the nail on that, you know, the head on, on the, the underlying epidemic in our society, which is stress and this chronic stress. And so, you know, from a physiological standpoint, our bodies are designed to raise that hormone called cortisol in response to stress for life-saving uh, life uh, situations. You know, uh, back in the day when we are hunters and gatherers and we're out there and we're fighting, um, you know, saber-toothed tigers or even lions out in the wilderness, we wanted to have that ability to either turn around and fight whatever we're facing or run from it, the flight, so the, the whole fight or flight. And that was natural, and we needed that, and it's life-saving. But really, for the majority of the time of our day, you know, we weren't, you know, raising that cortisol level. We were instead in a more relaxed state. And so there's a couple systems in our body called the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic. And, and that sympathetic is that fight or flight, the one that we're like really fighting for. Whereas the parasympathetic is kind of more of the heart rate and, and um, the relaxation uh, aspect and the rest and recovery aspect. And, and unfortunately, what we've done in our modern society is somewhat flipped it on its head. And we've created a scenario where every day we're staying in this elevated state of sympathetic response. And that could be anything from... Uh, an alarm clock going off in the morning to the television coming on right away to checking your Twitter account or email account right away um, to putting poor dietary choices into your body. Then, you know, you're inundated with traffic on the way to way to work. Then you walk in and your boss is getting you stress. And then you're eating at your desk at lunch. And then you're fighting rush hour on the way home running through a drive-through with the kids on the way to practice. And you do that day in and day out. And you have just maximized this uh, really adrenal response is what it is, but this cortisol level that's just wreaking this inflammatory response in your system. And you mentioned, you know, the brain being one of those uh, things that are altered by it, but your, your gut health is also um, usually torn up as a result of higher levels of cortisol. It creates these, what they call gap junctions in the, in, uh, in, in the um, cell lining of your gut. And that allows proteins and other foreign invaders to get in the bloodstream that can create inflammatory and intolerant and, and allergy type of reactions, which then decrease immune system. And like you mentioned, the immune system is important and, and is part of what we use to fight off the things that we come in contact with and high levels of stress chronically can absolutely decimate that. So, I, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, from a health and physiological standpoint, stress really is that underlying culprit in most ish, 
instances when it comes to our health. And, and I didn't know that statistic that you mentioned, but it makes perfect sense that 90 plus percent of doctor visits and chronic disease in our society is stress related. Now, um, you know, I want to get into, you know, what makes meditation unique, but, you know, a lot of times people think about, well, I'm stressed, so I'm going to do something de-stress. And, and there's options out there for people to de-stress. I mean, people can quote unquote, go exercise. People can, um, you know, consume uh, substances that may alter their state of, of quote, unquote stress. Um, people can, um, gosh, I don't know, go on a walk or, or whatever. But in those instances, um, although maybe stress may be reduced, I don't know if it would have the same physiological change as meditation in and of itself. For instance, exercise is great. It helps de-stimulate um, maybe some of your stress, but exercise in and of itself is stressful to the body. Uh, you know, yes, I may be able to consume something, whether liquid or um, whatever, and it can maybe alter the, the state of mind I'm in, but there's maybe physiological negative effects as a result of that substance as well. So whereas meditation really is that pure, all natural, non-cortisol raising activity that I think is a really good combat to stress. So I just wanted to kind of put those, that, that out there as we kind of go into maybe some of the um, real benefits of, of meditation and how we can start implementing it on a personal level. Yes, um, I, I love that. And boy, did you just map it out the way life is for, for so many people day in and day out. And no wonder, you know, we're like in this, this um, corrosive soup, you know, of, of stress uh, every day. It's so important to uh, combat that. We have been talking about raising cortisol and and just to give uh, people a glimpse of what all that entails and I'm sure it's not what all it entails but all the many things not only just uh, raise uh, blood pressure but things that things that are affect are an effect of raised cortisol levels include depression hypertension chronic fatigue sleep deprivation migraines acid reflux tunnel vision hostility uh, we already mentioned hunger, arthritis, decreased immune system, and a decreased metabolism, all from that one uh, side effect of stress. Uh, when it comes to um, blood pressure, there was a study done with 60 people who were on blood pressure medication, and they um, meditated for a number of weeks, I want to say eight weeks, but don't quote me on that. In any case, the, the end result was that 40 of the 60 patients were able to either significantly reduce or come off of their medication simply by virtue of meditation. It, it calmed their uh, mind, but it did way more than that because just reducing the cortisol level had a profound effect on them. Uh, but Again, when it comes to our brain, I'll just mention one more thing and then I'll get into actually meditating because, you know, we could 
talk a while about all of this. So I want to cut to the chase. But there's one thing about the brain that is so significant, and that is that meditators uh, have longer telomeres than people who do not meditate. And I didn't know what telomeres was. I, I never heard of it until I started studying meditation. But then they're the, the caps, uh, uh, protective caps on our chromosomes that actually uh, represent uh, longevity. So, you know, by protecting the length of our telomeres, we're actually protecting the length of our life. And uh, it has been uh, shown that people who meditate actually do live longer than people who don't. And that's a whole nother topic for by itself. But, but uh, just knowing that to me, if I just, if, if that's all I knew that meditation would do is uh, lengthen my life, I think it would be worth doing, even if I didn't know uh, everything else. So when I said that the, the meditation is like the perfect antidote to um, stress, where stress uh, increases blood pressure, meditation lowers it. Uh, med- uh, stress diminishes our immune system. Uh, meditation strengthens our immune system. Everyone knows that there's sleep deprivation when you are stressed out, and meditation allows you to sleep uh, so much more soundly. And I mentioned that there are many different types of meditation, so I'm just going to mention right now so that your viewers could just get started on their own if they want to, to do that. In the first place, it doesn't mean that you have to sit quietly cross-legged on the floor for half an hour, 45 minutes every day. If if you have five or 10 minutes to take deep breaths and to allow yourself to be still, if you do that much every day, I would say 10 minutes, but if, if all you have is five, do it okay just the the regularity is what will really get the result but i'm going to use 10 minutes as my example because really i would say most people can have 10 minutes to be quiet if it's what they really want to do so taking deep breaths first and then releasing that breath in the first place it does allow tension to leave the body it reduces tension and anxiety just taking three or four very deep breaths. And then we all have, we call it a monkey brain, Uh, thoughts zipping, zipping, zipping constantly. And so the idea of being quiet and um, stopping thought feels nearly impossible. And it's not even necessary. It's just, you are gonna have thoughts. You let them come and then you let them go. You don't hang on to them. And something that helps one to uh, slow down that the, the thought process is to focus on one's own breath, breathing in and out, allowing yourself to focus on the um, rise and fall of your chest or abdomen as you're breathing. You're paying attention. You're being mindful of your own breath. Uh, sometimes people will just listen to the ticking of a clock or the hum of um, an air conditioner, something to distract their mind from all that activity. And over time, you, as you get better and better at this, your focus becomes stronger and stronger. And so I always help people appreciate that 
not to not to um, get upset with themselves because their mind wandered. That's going to happen. It's just that you bring it back to breath or bring it back to uh, the ticking of the clock or whatever you're listening to as a constant. And every time you bring your mind back to focus, you're actually strengthening your brain. You're strengthening your ability to focus. It's kind of like raising a weight for your muscle. You know, every time you lift that weight, you're strengthening uh, your muscles. Every time you bring your mind back to focus, you're strengthening your brain and so that's one way to meditate another yeah, way yeah i, I want to just uh stop there before you go into another one because you know that i think you brought up some really good points just in this first explanation and uh, one is that you know i think people have this preconceived notion that meditation is this huge ritualistic um event that, you know, you have to have this special room and a special mat and a special posture and a special music and you have to have a special mantra and, and whatever you, you know, you may have seen, uh, it, you know, on a movie or a TV show or even maybe in your own life's experience. And I think, you know, and, and there's, there's nothing wrong with any of that. And if that is somebody's personal choice and what works for them, then great. But unfortunately what we try to do is we try to all fit into that same box and that's usually not the case for for most of us so so i love that you even brought up the fact that a there's really no right or wrong way it's it's just kind of finding what works best for you i also appreciate the the idea that this isn't a, a three-hour session we're not attempting to be monks that need to be isolated for 24 hours and, and, and kind of really <laughs> right. clear the mind that really just as little as five minutes a day. Uh, and, and more importantly, if we can, um, you know, justify longer, uh, obviously just even more benefit that, um, you know, it's something that we can do. And, and I love the way you phrased it. You know, it's one of those things that if it is important to us, we always find time to do it. And it is really sometimes about, identifying meditation as an important thing in your life and be willing to schedule it and willing to make it part of who, you know, your daily routine. So um, th that's another great point that you mentioned. And then uh, I never heard uh, uh, this perspective before, but I, I love the whole idea about bringing your mind uh, or, or kind of back to, to, to center or, or however you phrased it as, as a form of exercise, because uh, I mean, when I try to sit quiet for, you know, any length of time, about two seconds into it, your mind starts wandering <laughs> about everything right. out there. And, and you just, and in, and, and in, in the past and what most people may consider that is failure that, you know, that they right. just think, gosh, I just, I'm, I'm terrible at this. I, I fail. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. I can't sit still for five minutes and think on my breath because all I do is keep wandering about what's going on in my life and this and that. And then that becomes stressful in and of itself. When in reality, exactly. uh, what it sounds like you're doing is you're giving us permission to just, you know, a accept that that's going to happen. B it's extremely normal and C use it as an opportunity to flex the muscle of the mind yes. to bring it back. And it almost becomes now something to look forward to. Yes. Because now you can look at it as, oh no, I'm just getting better and better. And it's another opportunity for me to straighten it out and, 
And um, so I think those are all great points that, uh, you know, for someone who's never meditated before and, and trying it for the first time is certainly going to experience. And, and it's good to know that we have permission to just allow the body and the mind to work and then uh, kind of recenter it. So I, I really appreciate all those points that you made. Oh, good. Yes. And, you know, one of the things that um, can help even with that is a, something called guided meditation. Um, some people may have heard of that and maybe have experienced that. Certainly is one of the things that I help people with uh, by facilitating guided meditations. And what that actually does is puts people in a, uh, a mental scene that is very calming and relaxing. And by listening to my voice, uh, by listening to the scene that I'm portraying, um, making a mental movie, if you will, um, putting them in a place of tranquility and serenity can help with that um, monkey brain, if you will, because it distracts you from your own world and puts you in a, another place. And so e either way you go, um, realizing that your mind is going to wander in instead of going, oh, rats, here I go again, just say, oh, thinking, that's right, and then focus. Um, and then on the other side, uh, going through a guided meditation that helps you to focus on something besides, you know, what, what might be troubling you is also helpful. And I love doing that as well. Yeah, and you bring up a, a great technique, and and I've had the the privilege of kind of listening to some of your work personally, and uh, can appreciate that. But I've also heard others um, out there as well, and you know, uh, and I found that for me, I do like the guided meditation. I, I find that for me, having that picture painted uh, to to allow me to kind of focus on a meadow or a lake or what's happening in the lake or this, it just really allows you to focus. Um, but all of them that I have participated in starts with that breath work. It feels like, uh, and, and, yes, it does. And, 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 and so kind of maybe speak to that. What's the importance of kind of starting with the breath work, then going into maybe the guided aspect of things? Well, when you deep breathing is so beneficial to the body, uh, obviously it, uh, brings more oxygen to the body. We are such shallow breathers uh, routinely. Um, none of us day to day, you know, get enough uh, oxygen really for our cells uh, unless we are consciously taking deep breaths. And so it's just good for our body and our cells to, uh, to take the time to take deep breaths. And as it relates to uh, meditation, it kind of prepares the body and mind to focus, to relax, to uh, just get comfortable, and uh, then allow either the, the focus of your breath or a sound or to focus on um, a guided meditation to be received. And also it releases stress, and that's what we're talking about. Uh, taking those deep breaths in advance of um, meditating uh, does release, physically releases tension. You can feel your muscles and you can do a, a, a breath work that involves all the areas of your body by design. Um, 
you can consciously drop your shoulders. You can then consciously move to relaxing your chest, relaxing your back, relaxing your hips, relaxing your legs, all the way down to your feet and, and your arms and your hands and a muscle group by muscle group, uh, intentionally relaxing them with deep breaths. And uh, that can be the soul meditation. That could be a whole meditation session right there. And then take one last deep breath, let it out and go on with your day. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you, you hit the, again, the, the nail on the head with the lack of oxygen that most of us get in a daily basis. So we're shallow breathers. Most of us are hunched over our desk or whatever we're doing all day long. We're not really opening up our diaphragm. We're, we're, breathing enough to survive, but not enough to really thrive and really inhale the oxygen that we need on a, on a daily basis. And so this is a, a moment in the day that really kind of forces you to do that. And I've, and I've listened to several options when it comes to breathing. And one of the ones that I like a lot is, you know, you're kind of instructed to take a four second, let's say, breathe in, you know, it's like a four second breathe in, you hold that breath for about seven seconds, and then you exhale that breath for about eight seconds. You kind of blow it out, and you kind of do that repetitively for you know a minute or so, and it just kind of really resets the whole system. And then you can kind of go into more of a natural breathing purpose after that, you know, mm -hmm. you know whatever minute or so that you're doing it. And then to your yes, point- Yes, you know, if we had the time, I would take your guests through a, a, a quick, little uh, breathing meditation, but I think I'm probably over time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can, we can maybe uh, do it, do a second show or something on, on some live meditation or, or whatever. And, or people, I'm sure um, you'll let us know how we can check out some of your work and, and maybe kind of learn a little bit about that at, uh, on a more personal level. But, uh, and I like though how you talked about the, um, the different body parts kind of melting away. And, mm -hmm. and some of my favorite meditations are, that are guided, they do just that. It's, you know, they talk about, you know, letting the feet relax and then letting the leg, lower leg and then upper yes. leg. And, and you really kind of work the body. And it sounds silly initially, but then when you experience it, it really, by the time you're done with your head, all of a sudden you're like, I am so relaxed right now. Yes. And that's really kind of what we're we're doing right and 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 uh, you know sometimes people have this misconception that meditation is this you know you're entering an alternative universe and you're doing some crazy <laughs> and not that you can't have epiphanies and you can't do those things it's just really it's about how do i deeply relax my body because yes, that's the you, healing property you said it right in the first place uh, at the very beginning when you said uh, what is your intent and yes. that's what you bring to uh, the meditation is what, what is it that you want to accomplish and you can accomplish that. Actually, when you mentioned, you mentioned something else that made me want to say that if anyone wanted to um, hear uh, some of my meditations, uh, I can actually send them. Um, I would just send them free a, a few samples and then they can actually feel that re relaxation and you make much better decisions when you are in a relaxed state than when you are in an anxious state. So it can make a difference 
in what happens next. If you have to make a decision and you're making it in an anxious, um, uh, anxiety state versus a calm and relaxed state, that decisions can be different. And that means the results will be different. And that means uh, how it affects your whole, it can affect your whole life. And meditation has such a, can have such a profound positive effect, not only on your body, but actually on your whole life for that reason. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, true transparency, I'm not perfect at my practice of meditation. I, you know, I, I get through ebb and flow where I'm doing it more consistently. And then I go a period of time where for whatever reason, I'm not prioritizing it like I, I need to. And, and it may look different too, right? Uh, you know, I may go to a period where it's a five minute a day and, and 10 minute day. And then I may go through a period where for whatever reason, I find myself doing it longer and longer. I, I, I will say one of my favorite things I will do on the, on the weekends uh, when I'm able and capable is do just that. I'll go upstairs in my bed and put on my headphones and do a guided meditation for about 30, 45 minutes. And I get done with that and I am so recharged and refreshed. Yes. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, really it's revitalizing. Like, it is. Oh my yeah. gosh. It is just a, an amazing <laughs> thing to do. And I, so, so Pax listeners, let me challenge at least that, you know, may, maybe daily, you don't start off there, but, but, but at least you three know, times you a do, week and then that's more. Right. That's right. That's right. Or and even, and to this, let me, let me yeah, just go ahead. add one more thing in, in here about that. Since we're talking about timing, you know, and, and when, when am I going to find the two best times and to find 10 minutes could be hard to find 10 minutes in the middle of the day. But when you first wake up in the morning, you can even get up 10 minutes early if you need to. You can have those 10 minutes. But because you're in a half dream state, it's the best time for actually meditating. And then just as you're going to bed at night um, is another really good time because you're just about to go to sleep. So those are the two actually, you know, the best times for meditation, but but even if you're meditating in the middle of the day, after you take those deep breaths, you can get yourself into a very calm state uh, that can help you. Yeah, and and um, you know, I I would imagine you know those two times that you mentioned are probably um, ideal for a lot of people, just from a standpoint of not being distracted or um, you know having to find a separate time during the yes. day to do it. Right. Um, but, you know, there is that concept of habit stacking. And I, I heard a, yes. a, a recent um, uh, a speaker to kind of talk about how she was struggling with implementing a meditative state. And for her, the first thing in the morning wasn't optimal because she was still really tired and she didn't find that she really uh, benefited from it or she really struggled and, in, and instead kind of fell into an opportunity to do it just post an exercise or working out. And for her, she found that after she's exerted all this energy and after she's kind of done that, that for her, that five, 10 minutes on the back end of that really just allowed her to get into that meditative state for what awesome. worked for her. So again, yeah. I just wanted to kind of share that because I, would, I don't want people to think that they can only do it, you know, morning right. or, or, or night that, another option is to try to find something you're already doing 
that you already yep. do on a daily basis and just say, okay, at the back end of that or the front end of that, I'm yes. going to meditate. I will say I find personally that I do it best, like right after I eat lunch for whatever really? reason, okay. like, you know, uh, for me, it's, it's usually my first meal of the day because I practice uh, intermittent fasting in many yes. cases. And so I will have my meal. And then if I have, and, and I typically do have a little bit of runway before I have to kind of get busy again with my day. I find that that is really a great time for me to just slip into that meditative state, rest my mind. And then I really kind of hit my afternoon on full cylinders because you yes. get that rest and, and restore. So I just wanted to share that personally. I'm so glad you did. Somebody else um, could benefit from that personally. Um, but, but in any case, so I want to kind of wrap some things up here, Leanne. I know you and I could talk forever. We could oh, do yeah. it on, on, on many, <laughs> many occasion. Uh, but for the purpose of the show, I kind of want to kind of pull things in. So sure. I got a couple of final questions for you. And the first one is this, and it can be around meditation in and of itself. But my first is this, what would be three tips that you would give somebody to kind of launch them on their hunt for wellness, whether it's just meditation or just overall health, what are some three tips that you would give somebody to do? Okay. Well, that's really a great question. Uh, I, one tip that I would give that I think is just ultra important, whether a person is meditating per se or not, and that is to pay attention to their thoughts, pay attention to what they're thinking and how they're feeling. Um, of course, that is a topic for another day, <laughs> but um, it really matters. And as much as a person can keep themselves in a, a happier state of mind and to see the silver lining, even when things are going rough, do that. Um, second of all, I would say uh, exercise. Moving the body is just so very important for the brain as well as the muscles and blood flow and your organs. And then a third, of course, I am going to end on meditation um, because um, it has so many, so, so very many benefits and fits so well in, in, within the first two. So th there's, there's a long list we could say, but if we're going with the, the, the top three, I would say those three. Well, and I think those are perfect. And I think um, anyone that's willing to implement those things uh, will really kind of work their way towards that wellness status that they're going for. And I love that you brought up meditation. And uh, I, I typically ask my guests three tips, and you might be the first to, to add meditation. Hence, <laughs> why I wanted this to be part of our conversation because it's not something we've talked about on the show before specifically yet. I think it's very important. So yeah. I do have one final question for you, but before I ask that, I just, again, want to stop and just take a few moments and acknowledge you and say, thank you so much for being part of this show and sharing your time and expertise with myself and, and our listeners and really just kind of pouring value into our lives uh, with some of the things that you were able to share for us to just better it. So once again, thank you for that. My pleasure. Um, yeah. And so if somebody wanted to, you mentioned graciously uh, willing to kind of send uh, maybe so, some examples of some guided meditation that somebody can maybe access or try out. 
Um, what would be the best way for someone to follow up with you if they wanted to, to, to kind of just reach out and, and learn more about who you are and what you're doing? And then, uh, the, you know, maybe get access to some of this meditation. What are some ways to okay. best reach you? I'll be happy to share that with you. Um, for the meditation in particular, uh, someone could go to your mindfulness meditation. That's you are the letters you are okay. mindfulness meditation dot blogspot.com there's a page there that kind of goes into my um mindfulness meditation program so if they wanted to look at my program uh you can find the details right there um for me personally my website is leannecannon.com very easy uh i'm also on facebook and linkedin so i can be contacted that way uh i have a um uh, my email address I'm trying to say is Leanne at LeanneCannon.com. And the best way to get a hold of me, the quickest and best way to get a hold of me and a, for a fast response is either calling me or texting me. And okay. that's pretty immediate. And that's 330-400-9814. Wow. Well, thank you for all those resources to get in touch mm -hmm. with you. And so, uh, listeners and packs, you have no excuse not to get in touch with Leanne <laughs> if, you know, uh, you need to or want to. And and I will say, you know, I can uh, firsthand testimony say that she's been an integral part in my life. And I've really appreciated her um, up to this point in my journey. And I know you guys will, too, um, if you're willing to, to um, you know, reach out and see what she can do maybe for your own health and well-being and mindset and meditation. So Leanne, um, my last question is this, what is your definition of wellness? What? Now that is a loaded question. Do you ask everybody that at the end? <laughs> I do ask everybody. Okay. This well, let me tell you the first thing that comes to my mind when you say, what is my definition of wellness? That's such a beautiful question. First of all, I really do believe that it's and this is just my opinion that it's important for us to uh, have a connection um, with with God, with our spiritual uh, side, with a recognition, okay, that uh, we are here uh, for a purpose and by design. I should say it like that. We're, we're here by design. Then, uh, but beyond that, wellness is more than just good health. It has to do with our relationships with our family with uh, even nature, I think, with um, our colleagues uh, and are feeling good, feeling good about ourselves, feeling good about the people that we interact with. And of course, doing what we can, do anything that we can to um, increase our physical well-being. Thanks for listening to the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation Slack at bones, or Twitter at HFW podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.